Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome, Philly, to your favorite sports show. Hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all Philly. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. And welcome into episode number 98 of Babes on Broad. I'm Sam Stafford with my co-host, Jesse Taylor. And we are the Babes on Broad brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. We haven't been as good this season as staying up to date with our shows. That's for sure. But I mean, nope. you the know, holiday. I feel like it's been the holidays. Of us. We got a new baby. We got new jobs. So I just, before we even get into anything, I do want to say thank you to all of our listeners that have been very patient with us. And Obviously, as we get more used to our lifestyles, we will um, get better at this whole uh, podcasting thing. So thank you for everybody that. But another fun fact, Jess, you wrote this down. Happy double doik anniversary to everyone who celebrates. And it, that cracks me up because I specifically remember where Dion and I were that day. And it was right as we were in, um, what is the is it Penn Station is that like the national train station in New York City yeah that's yeah is it okay oh yeah because then 30th Street so we literally were at Penn Station because we went to New York City that weekend for a Broadway thing and we're watching it in a bar had to leave and then we were all in Penn Station boarding the train and everybody because it was going to 30th Street so like everybody was basically Eagles fans and we were all watching it on our phones we just got on the train and that's when the double doink happened because everybody's like, oh, my God, like they have the kick. They're going to win in the final seconds, blah, blah, right. blah. And then it didn't make it. And everybody was like literally jumping over the chain like seats because they were like, ah! and yeah. that's how I remember every time I vividly have that memory of double doink. We used to go. This was before it was. What was it? That was what? 20, the 2018, 19 season. Right. Yes. So I was just out of college. And I was still living at home and Joe was still living at his home. We hadn't moved in together yet. And we used to go every Sunday down to one of our friend's apartments in the city. And we would watch Eagle, the away Eagles games there. Cause we used to go to, the, would always go to the games. We would watch the away games there and we, we would, it was horrible to find parking where, where we were. And we would always walk by this grocery store and we would stop every single week. And I would get ingredients to make an entire peach cobbler during halftime. And I would make it every week and we would consume the entire thing. The three of us. <laughs> I so love that. 
So we, I, we would always stop. So I made the peach cobbler that day. And so I remember doing that. And I remember being like, well, it was, it was, it was fun while it lasted. The magic has run out once again. And then again, seriously, like jumping over the couch, like jumping over the couch, tackling each other, just screaming and unbelievable things I've ever seen. Literally. It was amazing. Poor uh, Cody Parkey, but it worked out in Philly's favor. So not too sorry for him, maybe for his career, but yeah, I was saying, did he, did he ever do anything after that? I don't think he ever really recovered from that. No, I don't know if he recovered from something like that. They were, I mean, that was the year Matt Nagy won coach of the year. They were 12 and four. They were the one seed. Like they, that was after Mitchell Trubisky was there. Was what there. Yeah, true. But, so you know. they were, they weren't going to go too far. Right. No. But um, no. Th- so that's such a fun thing. And hopefully we get like more moments like that in the playoffs this year. And I don't want to close calls like that. Are you kidding me? Get out of here. Memorable moments. Right, actually. Not not, that's what I mean by it. Not like p- close play. <laughs> to be clear. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Very fair. Very fair. But, but it has um, to start with this week. I was just going to say, it'll be, I'll feel a lot more better when they lock in this number one seed. So of course the Eagles um, had a chance. Had a chance the past, what, two weeks yeah. to lock in this number one seed. And, of course, in the most Philadelphia Eagles fashion, Obviously. decided to let it come down to the very last chance. So if they win this game, it's very cut or dry. If they win this game um, on Sunday, they will get the number one seed and home field advantage throughout playoffs, which obviously would be amazing. We all want that. If they lose this game, they become oh, wow. uh, the fifth seed in the top wild card spot. Yeah. So – the good thing for them is the Giants, no matter what, are the sixth seed. Mm-hmm. So the Giants have nothing to gain. Which, exactly. I mean, they would almost be idiotic, especially with how bad the Eagles whoop their ass, whoop their butt, pardon me. Um, <laughs> but they would be idiotic with how things went down in the first game to play their starters, especially Daniel Jones, who was sacked like seven times that game. They they really, it would just make no sense for them because no matter what, they're playing next week. Isn't it funny, though, how angry the Giants were about the Eagles pulling their starters? And now, how the turntables. How the turntables. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, the Eagles are 14-point favorites this week. It the, the further we go into the week, it's Friday at, you know, 10.30 a.m. right now. The further we go, the more it's looking like they're going to rest, the, you know, their, their key mm-hmm. starters. Um, and you know, the Eagles have lost two straight with Gardner Minshew. So not only do you want to get the one seed, there's no worse way to go into the playoffs than cold and out of rhythm. I was no momentum. I agree. That's one of the things that they need to figure out and get themselves back on track with. Um, And, you know, you you're not going to win a game with four turnovers, obviously, which is one of the main reasons they lost to Dallas, but they were still able yeah. to put up 34 points. Imagine if they didn't turn the ball over. Um, so you'd think, okay, with that, we can, you know, rely on Gardner Minshew to beat the freaking Saints. And he just, I mean, the entire offense just looked absolutely terrible. The defense yeah. only gave up 13 points. Like, you know, the first drive wasn't great. They let Andy Dalton completely carve him up right down the field. 
But then aside from that, like, they, they did their job. All you got to do is put up a few more points. I no, I agree. And I think, um, obviously, I was, besides the turnovers, I was not mad at the Dallas game because um, it was one of those situations where it was like, okay, like we are pretty banged up right now. We have other opportunities because at that point you thought you would blow over the Saints. Um, so it was one of those games where it's like, okay, like besides the turnovers, they would have won that game. So you felt pretty good. And then going into the Saints, that one, or not going into it, but after the Saints, looking back, that's the one that really pisses you off because it just really seems like not even just the players, but yeah. the coaching staff just thought that they, like they were completely looking ahead to the playoffs. They did not focus on that. Um, it was like the, one of the top passing defenses and one of the worst rushing defenses for, um, New Orleans. And all we did was pass the entire freaking game with Gardner Minshew back there. Like it just made no sense even from the play calling thing or side of it. So it was the whole scheme, how everybody's attitude was going into it. So I do think they need this as kind of a reset and, um, we most likely will see Jalen Hurts, but um, that was kind of iffy for me too, because if he didn't play in this game with how bad Gardner Minshew has been, that means that his injury would have been way worse than we expected. Yeah. And honestly, I think if Gardner Minshew didn't put up, what was it like 355? Some, some, yeah. Something like that. Like if he didn't put up, you know, th- that kind of stat line, I, I, obviously I know like the turnovers weren't great. Right. But like he wasn't yeah. the only one that turned the ball over. Um, but uh, you know, I, if he didn't put up those yards and dr- that many, as many scoring drives as he did, I think Jalen hurts probably would have played last week. They yeah. saw what he was able to do aside from the turnovers against the Cowboys. And they thought, okay, we can just get this done at home against the Saints, right? Now, and I will yep. agree with you, like, while he did not look great, the play calling, the coaching staff did him no favors. None. Terrible. None Terrible. Whatsoever. And if you look back to last year's Saints game, it's, again, it's like getting too smart with yourself. Like, yeah, what did they do against the Saints last year? They ran all over them. Jalen Hurts might have had 100 yards rushing that game, but that was one of those games where he threw the ball maybe 15 times. Yeah. They put up 30 something points. Now, the defense let got soft at the end, remember? And they the Saints tried to come back and yeah. lead them down the field for one more drive. But again, he did it flawlessly and did it majority of the way with his legs because that's what Now, granted, I didn't want to see Gardner Minshew out there trying to put the team on his back and using his legs to win, but like you have But you have safe Miles Sanders gets his, you know, hits the thousand yard mark. He's the oh, first rusher. Yeah, you know, I know what you meant. The first <laughs> thousand yard rusher the Eagles have had in years. And all of a sudden you stop giving him the ball. Like you have some banged up linemen and what do they prefer to do? What is, we have talked about this so many times with all the different offensive line combinations yep. and injuries and things like that. Mm-hmm. What is the easiest thing to do to get into a rhythm? Run the ball. Like, why are we having this conversation again? Literally. stupid. It really is. And it's been, like, interesting all season long. We've talked about it, that their use of uh, Miles Sanders. Because even in situations where they do prefer to run, um, 
they have gone to Gainwell a lot and Scott a lot. And it's right. been, it hasn't made sense. Granted, we better see a lot of Sanders this week because the probably one of the best games that he had all year was against the Giants when they first played. So that would just be dumb to not lean on Miles Sanders in this game this week. Right. But um, what was my point here? This is why I need to have coffee. You know what I mean? Have you but, had coffee yet today? Nah, dude. Nah. Same person. I'm on my I know. up. Please get. Oh, my God. I know. I, I wish I, I was you. I wish I was able to. I'm not. But um, I forget my whole point of this, Jess. Jeez Louise. That's the point. Yeah, that is the point. Um, the overarching point. Oh, is- wait, no. That was my – so, yeah, with <laughs> – Jeez Louise. Um, <laughs> it's because there's the press conference going on right now. My phone buzzed. And because my ADHD, okay, I completely you lose your point went to the phone. Tell me right now. You're right. Okay, so Miles Sanders, we've been complaining all year that we haven't seen him. And it's kind of made sense when you look at it in the fact that most likely the Eagles – are not sold on him. So they most likely will not offer him the long-term contract. So when you think of that and that they're probably going to move on, it's like, okay, yeah, you have Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell, like give them touches. If those are the guys that like, you're going to have at least next year, but in games like this, where you saw success from Sanders in the first time with the giants, I want to see them and you have an injured quarterback, most likely going to play. I want to see them hammer Miles Sanders in this game. Let me ask you this, because this is a, a, a genuine thinking question. Yes. I think you're exactly right, and there is a very good chance that Miles Sanders, they can't afford to pay I that, to start. Yeah. There's a very good chance of that, because they also have to pay Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts' contract is going to be insane. And they paid A.J. Brown. They know they need to pay Devontae Smith. They've got a lot of money locked up on the line. Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott cannot be your options. I know. Going forward. I know. And after Miles Sanders has shown you, A, what he can do, and B, how important a balanced run game is to the offense that the Eagles have success running, do they really – can they afford – I know they technically can't afford to pay him, but can they afford to let him go? I have wondered that too. I actually was talking to John Ritchie about this probably a couple weeks ago. Of course, it was when we weren't recording because that's always when the best conversations happen. Actually. Uh, um, but that was my point of it, Jess, because I was the one that was like, I think they would be stupid to let him go. But um, John said, because obviously John's with WIP, their partners with the Eagles. John has a former player, so he has contacts there and stuff. And he said from what he's heard, he they are not sold and they do not think of Miles Sanders the way we do. Interesting. Which is very interesting. I wonder if it's the fumbles and it has to be just what they see behind closed doors with like not him as a person, but I'm saying like him in practice maybe. Um, but yeah, I thought it was very interesting because he just was like, they do not value him the way that the fans do. And then, um, so with that being said, I, I think there's just no way that they even try to put out that kind of money, but that is where I go next. I'm like, so what do we do? Yeah. I am not, we do have all these draft picks. 
Um, I think we use a lot of the ones this year because of our team to trade back, maybe depending on who's there and who's what, like who's where, but maybe draft one and not first or second, but maybe like third or fourth round. Um, if there's anybody on the table, um, yeah, dude, it's tough because I feel like anybody that you would bring in to replace him is going to be a costly thing. Right. And if, and without an effective running back, you end up having to rely on Jalen Hurts to, and not that I don't want to rely on Jalen Hurts in certain situations to make plays with his legs because his athleticism and his ability to do that is what makes him so dangerous. But from a scheme and design standpoint, like we talked about this after the Chicago game and even before like his injury like came out, it was just the fact simply that like, why, why was he running as much as he was in a, virtually meaningless game against a terrible football team. Like why, why was, why was that when, when he, when he sprained his shoulder, the first thing out of my mouth was he's not getting up quickly enough. And that's how people break their collarbones. That is how Aaron Rodgers shattered his collarbone and why there is the, you can't land on the quarterback back. Mm -hmm. But like, I just don't understand in the game like that, in the cold, in the wind, why were you not relying on your running backs in that situation? Like, I just don't and, know why they were doing what they were doing. And look yeah. what they did. So going forward without an effective running back, like you can't, like you can't put that on. You, well, you just right, that position right now is the perfect example. He has to play this game for his team and he's healthy enough to get the job done, right. but he is going to need help. He's not his normal MVP self. Most likely he might pull it out and have a performance, but just like health wise all around. So right now is like a perfect situation going into this game. You need a guy like Miles Sanders that can split it at least or go off and take a lot of the burden from him. So he doesn't have to be Superman and risk injury even further, you know? Yeah. So it is, I mean, that's one of the things. And it's also makes sense what John said that they're not as high on him, obviously after hearing, um, all the rumors before the trade deadline, they were in on quarterback, I mean, quarterbacks on running backs around the league and very yeah. interested in trying to make something work. So hopefully we get one of those guys. And I mean, money wise, um, in a trade like that, I'm not too concerned just because sure. Howie's literally a magician and somehow gets away with it. Yeah. Um, the caps, so, no arguments there. Yeah. So he'll figure something out money wise with that. But yeah, I just think it's really interesting that to hear that they're not as sold on Miles Sanders as most fans are. Yeah. Um, So with, with all of that and you know, that's a little bit (laughs) extra, but like what your initial thoughts on the matchup are run the football, anything else? Yes. Um, literally just the giants would be idiots. Like I said, if they played a lot of their guys, I could see them playing them in the beginning just to get some reps. Um, but and if they even set foot on the field dressed after the half, they are idiots. Whether they were losing or not, they're freaking idiots. Um, because Daniel Jones, that's how you hurt your guys. So I don't think they'll do that. Um, Dable's a great coach. Uh, Hertz and CJ Gardner-Johnson most likely are both coming back. It's going to be also interesting, though, because I know Lane Johnson, we haven't even talked about that. He's yeah. going to play through a pretty painful injury um, for the postseason. But I doubt he's going to come back this week. So there's definitely going to be a major shift in the line there, which kind of makes you nervous for Hurts, too, who you don't want Jalen to get hurt more. And the ball. Exactly. On the freaking ball. But, yeah. It was fine when they ran the ball, right? 
there's definitely going to be um it's not going to be a flawless game is what i'm basically going to say because there's going to be different um shifts in the line and stuff you got people come playing through injury they're just trying to do whatever to get the job done and that's all they need to do get scrappy don't get your guys hurt and just win get in get out win Exactly. That's that's quite literally all I have to say. When we're going to take a quick break, when we come back, we'll talk about some of the other keys to success for the Eagles this week, as well as going into the playoffs. Some couple other things that we would like to talk about, touch on as well. You are listening to the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Exaggerations and half truths aren't new in politics. But now with AI, people can create fake videos of candidates to sway your vote. I'm former U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara, and I've teamed up with technology expert and law professor Nita Farahani on my podcast, Stay Tuned with Preet, for a three-part miniseries, AI on Trial. Our second episode presents the hypothetical case of a hotly contested Senate race that is derailed when the leading candidate is accused of using AI to enhance his performance and hurt his opponent. How are we supposed to know when the technology becomes very difficult to validate something as truth or lies? Do existing laws, policies, and government agencies sufficiently safeguard the political process? Political speech is so tightly protected under First Amendment that it makes regulating in this space a real challenge. And what needs to happen to protect democracy in time for the real presidential election in November? When our elections are so close where it comes down to nail-biting endings, a few voters here and there can really lead to differences in outcomes. The episode is out now. Search Stay Tuned with Preet wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into episode number 98 of Babes on Broad. So we kind of, we talked about the game and a lot of other stuff in uh, the first half of this show but now we're going to get into our keys of success real quick and even though we kind of did it before we're just going to condense them so number one run the ball Mm -hmm. number two don't get hurt Mm -hmm. number three just win this game Mm -hmm. so that you have off next week yeah I just think they need to they need to get into a rhythm to to go into this first round by rest up a little bit and then be able to effectively come out and play a good football game against whatever team ends up here. And furthermore, just more than anything, don't let the freaking Dallas Cowboys win the win the division. You lose this game. Like I, that's the worst part yeah. about it, Jess, is it's and I'm not even like if they stole the division last second, but we were like just a mediocre team, I'd be like, ah, whatever. See you in the wild card. I know we got you. But the fact that we're so banged up and the fact that this is not only for the division, but it's for the number one seed. Mm-hmm. So like this, if we lose this, not only does it give the Cowboys the number one seed, it gives them a gigantic advantage. Now, an advantage that they will, without a doubt, squander because it's what they, they do. Um, they better. I will say, though, one of the other things is, you know, like – the, the Eagles need the home field. They need the one seed. That's not yep. that's not negotiable. Yeah. Um, I will say though, the one silver lining of losing that game to Dallas is I would not have liked to see Dallas a third time having beaten them twice. Yep. Yes, I am a hundred percent 
on board with you because now too, they, I feel like, I mean, granted it's the national media and fans, but I feel like the organization itself really was excited about the game that they played against us when I don't, I mean, obviously we have bias eyes in this too, but like, I feel like it's just so obvious that we had our backup in, we had four bad crucial turnovers in that game and they still just barely beat us. So to me, it's just like, I don't get why they're on their high horse for this win, but I like that they are because I feel like they've come into it cocky. Yeah. And, and that's fine. And they can do that. And, you know, obviously we beat their team with their backup quarterback as well. It's what you're supposed to do. It's what starting quarterbacks are supposed to do. Um, But you know, they, they, they let Gardner Minshew put 34 points on them. Yes. You know, and that's as a top defense. That's not. Yeah. Yeah. An elite defense. Okay. My butt. But I, yeah, I, I think Michael that, Parsons is a little banged up too. So I don't know like his injury timeline or what's really going on, but I know he's not been Michael Parsons. So that could be huge for them going into playoffs too. And they might have an excuse for why they lose in the first round again, Jess. What yeah. was the excuse last year? I don't even remember. Who they have did something they, that they tried to use? Who did they lose to? We lost to the Bucks, but then it was wasn't as bad because they also lost. But who did they play? They lost to the Niners. Okay, good team. But. Yeah, but they lost because Dak Prescott handed the ball to his center and not to the ref. Like you're getting paid. I forgot about that. Year. I forgot about that. Football. What? Dude. How do you explain that away? Ugh. Like. And then, and then encourage your fans throwing garbage at referees. I don't understand. Uh, what a poop show. But what a mess. Um, before that we made get- me feel a lot better about, about getting carved up by Tom Brady. Okay, we'll, we'll lose to the best, the best quarterback yeah, right? of all time, and you can't figure out the rules of the sport. And okay. the former world champs right there. Um, before we get into final score prediction, another thing we want to get in, though, I do have a quick just um, thought on this. So if Jalen Hurt does come out mm-hmm. or Jalen Hurts does come out on Sunday yes. and has a fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I think he'll lead this team to a victory because I think they've missed his leadership as well yes. out there just all around in all aspects. Um, so I think they do get the win. But. If he comes out and puts up insane numbers and New York does have their starters for at least the first half, so he does it against actually capable people, does that bring his name back into the MVP race? I feel like he's fallen off because he's been injured. But if anything, like I just, in my mind, obviously we're seeing it more and we're biased to it. But it's like, how can you not see how valuable this guy is to his team, especially with the comments that came out when he wasn't hurt and then seeing the team when he is hurt? Did you see Chris Sims trying to defend himself? And he was salty. He was salty. salty. (laughs) Oh, my God. But but I I mean, you know, every argument for system quarterback – any quarterback you can plug in and you know, it's the, the team is so good around, sir. If this doesn't show you why Jalen hurts is the most valuable player, the Eagles have looked like an absolute cluster of a football team. These last two weeks, they have looked terrible across the board. And obviously I understand that he only plays on one side of the football, 
But again, exactly what you said before, the leadership that they are missing and just his presence and what he brings to your team is absolutely what they have missed most from him. And I don't yeah. know, I, I doubt that that aspect is weighted in, you know, the, the MB, MVP voting, but there's absolutely no reason why Jalen Hurts should not still be at the top of the conversation for MVP um, because his numbers are still significantly better um, yeah. than in, and I do think like Patrick Mahomes numbers are, are they're comparable. Yeah. Um, but I just think you, you see clear cut now, granted, I don't think that you could put a backup quarterback into the chiefs or the chiefs yeah. offense and be successful. Mm-hmm. Like it's the same argument. I don't disagree. I agree. This, I mean, this shows you right front and center. Why? Why? Like he Again, you said it. We're biased, but yeah, this just this just shows you how important he is to everything that the Eagles. I do. just want him because you have a great point. Patrick Mahomes is fantastic. He manages not to get hurt. Knock on wood for his sake. Um, but it is like I just want to see him finish towards the top. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I can. I'll be fine if he loses to somebody like Patrick Mahomes who's performing and stays healthy. But, like, if he's just not even in the conversation anymore, that would make me mad. Yeah. And it – yeah. I, I don't I don't disagree with you. And I just – I just – I can't believe – I mean, he, he was right. Like, he's he he's not a system quarterback. He is the system. He is the system. The system goes because Literally. of Literally. And we've seen it. Obviously, it's different for us, too, though, from the national media that didn't see that because we do see how big of a piece he is in and out of everything and what he did even just as a backup here. So it is different. Um, Real quick, what's your final score prediction for this game? I really do think that like, I don't even, I don't know how to, how to take this game in terms of like predicting a final score, because I don't know how much the giants will play their guys. And with that, how much Jalen hurts will play. So like, will they put up 30? Probably not. But will they need to put up 30? Also, like, I hope not. They don't need to. So I would think like a 28, I would hope like 17. But, you know, if if they're not playing their stars, like, we can't just, like, scoff at Tyrod Taylor. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. So, and, and he's, he's, he's playing because he wants a starting job somewhere, right? Like, so. Very true. He's still going to play as hard as he can. So you just hope that the Eagles can, I guess, I guess the defense, I'm, if you think, I'm trying to think it all through and all yeah. different logistics, you'd assume the defense would play the whole game, right? Because regardless, they get the first round by, they might go heavier on reps for someone like a Milton Williams and get Fletch some extra rest, right? Like they might do yeah. some, some, some of those kinds of things. It also depends on if they have the lead at that time, because right. then they really want to get their guys rest next week. Right. So 
I would hope that the score is going to be something like a 28-17. They can get some of their guys a little bit of extra rest in the second half, fourth quarter, what yeah. have you, even though with the win, they lock up the bye. But you yeah. just want to play it as much on the safe side as possible. Now, I would have also said this. Even if they didn't need to win this game, I still would have wanted the starters to play the first half because yes. I think two weeks off in a row is a stupid thing to do going into playoffs. Yeah. But my score prediction would be if all things go the way that they're supposed to, 28-17. I like it. Okay, so I'm going into this thinking it's going to start a little shaky because um, we have some banged up guys. Jalen Hurts coming back. Um, the line's a little going to be a little shifted. So I think it might be a little shaky, but I do think that they absolutely have all their big guns out in the first half. They is in the Eagles. Um, so I think they put up a good amount just in the first half, like 21 or 28. And then um, regardless of who's in for the Giants. And then in the second half, I think it goes to your second and third stringers for the most part because that's the ideal right like obviously you have next week off if you win this game so I think that's going to give them a lot of motivation they'll put up a lot early um but then also you guys are banged up so you want as much extra rest as you can yep. uh, so that would be ideal for me 21 to 28 um, points in the first half and then I think they score a touchdown or two just because I think our backups against their backups were better still so I'm going to go 35-17 because I do think New York puts up some when we're not. Yeah, so we're similar. You said 35? Yeah. Let's go. Right? You don't, you don't. I like it. Please put up 35 points. I would love that. Right? If I, would, if I can not stress on Sunday evening, that would be tremendous. If I can sit at home <laughs> exactly. and, you know, calmly. Oh, Jess, they need to win this game. They need to win this game. Uh, but before we close out, also, we cannot have this episode without talking about because we even though we are Eagles fans, football is makes us all a community. Mm -hmm. um, and Damar Hamlin, he Top is from the PA area. And so that gives us an extra tie right there. But let alone the football community. Obviously, we all saw him on Monday night. And it was absolutely one of the most horrific, scariest things that a lot of us have seen. And the fact that we all felt like we were living it with them through the screen. Um, thank God we are getting better news because everybody, I think everybody has been praying and losing sleep over this. And thank God we are starting to get good news. So yesterday they um, woke him up or I guess yesterday night. So it was like, yeah, I don't, however that would be. Um, but they, Pulled him out of his coma. He wasn't able to talk at that point because he still had the ventilator and was on machines, but he was writing to people and communicating. And I saw something too yesterday that um, not only, first off, before I get to that, he wrote and asked, one of the first things he asked was if the team had won. And that is, it gives me chills still talking about it because it just shows how incredible and selfless that man is and how truly football is his love and his teammates. And I think that is amazing. But then also his doctor, when he gave his um, interview yesterday, said that that not only was that cool to see, but the fact that he just was able to ask something like that showed that not only were the lights on, but they were whole. And yeah. I think that was the best thing to come from that. And then this morning, we got even better news that now he's off the ventilator and yeah. he's breathing on his own. 
Yep. And he was able to, he was FaceTiming all his different teammates, but he was able to address the whole Buffalo Bills team this morning oh. via FaceTime. I'm going to cry. Um, Literally. I know. <laughs> Incredible. I, it was one of the craziest things I think I've seen in a long time. And the way that the majority, we'll put the majority of the media handled yeah. Monday night was unbelievable. The way that Troy Aikman and Joe Buck handled themselves I mean, Adam Schefter, Booger McFarlane, Susie, like they did a tremendous job. Lisa Salters, I don't know how she was able to keep herself yeah. together because I I was sitting on my couch sobbing. Like, oh, um, exactly. Yeah. They they did an amazing, amazing, amazing job on Monday night. Um, Scott Van Pelt as well after the game. And mm-hmm. someone who I Ryan thought Clark. Ryan Clark yes. did an unbelievable mm-hmm. job. And something he said that I think really you, you think about now, I mean, we're not that old, right? Like we're 27. We're not yes. that old. But he said something along the lines of like, when I was 24, I didn't think I could die. Literally. And it's true. When you're that age, you don't, you don't think that's a possibility for you. No. Especially when you are living your dream and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people and, and, you know, I've, I've always felt this way, like some, especially since being a, do, being a part of Bleeding Green Nation, being, doing these podcasts mm-hmm. and, and talking to players here and there and different, seeing these guys are human and mm-hmm. nothing is, and, and, you know, the, you get paid millions of dollars to do X, Y, Z, you're playing a game and, you know, whining about your fantasy football team and all these different things like they really do go out there and I understand that it's a game right it's a game that we all love it's a game that we love watching and it's a, it's a sport it is for entertainment but they really do put their life on the line and between yeah. everything we've seen this year with with Tua and the concussions we watched Josh Sweat get taken off literally on motionless Trapped to a stretch and and all and you know joe buck and troy aikman said this um the other night and it's something joe and i talked about it a lot while we were sitting here watching like well we were sitting at the game on sunday we just kept saying give the thumbs up tell us you're okay yes. give us the thumbs up. please jo- like give us the thumbs up give us th- all we wanted him to do was that and you know and troy aikman they said like usually the guys do this but like you know they took him off on an ambulance and there's the image that I personally can't get out of my head is the Bills team yeah. all little together down on one knee praying and that ambulance driving off. That was one of the hardest things I think I've ever like seen just watching a football game. And to go with that, the images of these grown men that are so tough and big and muscle and them crying was just, I think it showed you how severe and scary that situation was. Um, and that was also another thing that I loved about it was not only was it the Bills, but the Bengals were right there with them. That they, they were all brothers just in the game, yeah. you know, because obviously, you know, your teammates become brothers, but it was just the whole brotherhood. And I thought it was so amazing how the medical staff for the Bills, how fast they were and how good they quite literally saved his life. And doctors have come out praising them, saying that their action and their um, their certifications are what saved this man's life which is incredible but then also just the teammates to be I could not even imagine the shock that you would be in but they still 
had the wherewithal to gather around him and block the medical team so that he could have privacy in that moment and that it wouldn't scar the people at home that they knew cameras were on and it wouldn't ruin his privacy. Like just everything in this terrible, terrible, horrific situation, they all did, media included, like you said, they all did exactly the most perfect thing that they could have done in that situation. And it's one of those things as a young journalist myself, you see the media, like you said, and it like, that is obviously what you want to be. And I would, I hope that someday that I would be that good at my job because they were true pros and were handled it with such grace as well. And just everything in that situation besides the league. Um, for a little bit, but everything else in that situation was absolutely incredible. And up until this point, too, just following everything has been so respectful and so um, so nice in yeah. such a terrible time, too, because everybody's really banded together for it. So the way it's been the world a has been supporting situation. his foundation. Yes, it's what is it? It's close to eight million dollars right yes. now. His goal was twenty five hundred, literally, and it's for little kids. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And you're exactly right. The one, the, you know, we're not, we're not going to give um, certain media members that Mm -hmm. weren't, we're not going to give them the time of day. Um, But the league, not surprising, uh, handled it as poorly as possible. Um, And the coaches all right on them for, for standing up for their guys. Absolutely. That's exactly what I, where I was going. All the credit in the world to those two for, basically given a big middle finger to the NFL and, and, yeah. and doing the the right thing. Like, um, and that game now will not be resumed this year and it shouldn't. Um, and I can't, I don't, it, I don't know how some, like the, I think there's going to be a lot of emotions for a lot of these opening kickoffs this week. I agree. For players, coaches, everybody in the stands, sitting at home. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm going to be able to <laughs> keep it together yeah. when the 1 o'clock games start. Not even when the Eagles start. Like, when the 1 o'clock games start, like, it's just, I mean, because it was a national game. Like, that was the yeah. last snap of everybody football that felt we that in their home. And everybody felt that in their home. Yeah. It no, was- I agree. I think um, – the first snap we see, the first snap that you see of your team on Sunday is going to feel different. And then maybe every snap that day, but especially um, the Bills and the Bengals, it's going to be, I imagine, really, really tough days for them to get through it. But um, yeah, it, it's just, I just cannot get over how horrific that was, but how great everybody handled that situation and just thank God that Damar Hamlin is doing well, it, doing like as well as, as well as anybody yes. ever hope. Like literally all you wanted was just this man to hold on for his life and to hear that he's doing miraculous things and asking about his team. It's just absolutely incredible in something so traumatic and horrific and scary there have been some very, very touching and beautiful moments that have come out of it. And it's something that we all hope we never have to see again. Um, But, you know, we couldn't just let this episode go by and not 
yeah not talk about it at all because it's it's gonna sit with I mean it's gonna sit with sports fans for a very very long time and we are just so thankful that you know I agree I think it definitely um it's with the football community forever you know what I mean and sports fans as a whole and um yeah it's something you'll never forget no never um, but we're gonna we're gonna close out with that. So thank you for listening to episode 98 of Babes on Broad. As always, thanks to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation for hosting our show. Um, we will now that everything is holidays have died down. Yes, <laughs> starting daycare, all those good things. Uh, we'll be back actually to you know do what we're supposed to do. And playoffs, baby. Playoffs are coming. You will you'll <laughs> lots of us for playoffs, especially as we come up on our 100th episode, which we still have to do something fun for that. We'll figure it out. Um, but thank you for listening to our episode. As always, go birds, and we will talk to you next week.